Welcome to The Leadership Line, a podcast that covers everyday work issues from dealing with jerks at work to feeling burnt out. Tammy and Scott's experience, along with their different perspectives, help listeners grow, examine realistic options and alternatives, and identify those actionable solutions to the tough issues we face every day at work. Welcome to the Become More Coffee Shop, where everything's perky. It did not take Carmen very long to come up with a new line, Scott. No. (laughs) (laughs) No, last week we were talking about workplace flexibility and how people want more of it. And we talked mostly about time and location last week as flexibility. And I think that's where people's minds jump to, especially as back to office, blah, blah, blah. Tammy and Scott is the kind of flexibility people want. Is it always about when and where do I have to be as an employee? No, that's the big one. That's the one that it seems like we have lots of conversation with, but this concept of flexibility, you know, let's say freedom, being autonomous, this is a concept that goes way beyond, do I have to be in a specific location at a specific time? And this is something, if you look at what people have told us for years and years and years in employee engagement surveys, this is something that they have yearned for. And yet we don't typically talk about it in this way, nor do we measure it. Typical engagement survey doesn't measure autonomy. Right. And that's that's kind of sad because yet that is something we're hearing from employees all the time. So, Scott, when you talk with folks and they're basically saying, I want flexibility, I want autonomy, I want freedom. What are they telling you that they want? Primarily, it's I want to have a say in how my work is done and when my work is done and sometimes uh, what work I do. I think one of the things that we hear over and over and over and over and over again is this spot that says, why is it that someone is looking over my shoulder and telling me you have to do this, this way, this, this way, this, this way. Employees just talk about it as having someone who is a micromanager. And sometimes it's like, isn't this way just as good? I think sometimes as bosses, we can be controlling. I know that I grew up in a household where my mom would ask me to do something and I would go do it, but it was never good enough. Scott, was that ever anything like, was that your world? Uh, Depending on what it was, yes. You know, if it was not generally, no. Every now and again, yes. When I think back about it, I did it half-ass and I deserved to be. I hear you because they're good looks like that. But it was interesting in the family that I grew up in, my mother was very precise and there were certain right ways to do things. And honestly, I think that's one of the mistakes that we make sometimes at work is being so like it must be without recognizing that I could still have the same quality and I could still even do it in the same amount of time in another way. And when we get super controlling, when we are being super precise and not letting others decide how, 
I think that's one of the places that you get a lot of pushback from employees. I think what's difficult is it's a little bit about what we talked about last week in as a leader, as an employer, how much freedom do I give? Because some things are just non-negotiable. Like for us, we use Microsoft Office. Period. Period. So, right, to for someone to come in and say, well, I want to use Google Sheets and I want to use, no. you know, Microsoft <laughs> Keynote or, or, excuse me, Apple Keynote or whatever. The answer is no. And some people say, well, oh, my gosh, you're so, uh, no. <laughs> we have well, certain it- tools and techniques that we expect as a minimum. Now, how you use that, there's lots and lots of ways. To me, what's interesting is the extremes. You have a branding standard. What font and colors you use? Well, I don't want to use that. No, I'm sorry. As an employee, that's a that's a decision you don't get to make. Correct. As much as I hate using Helvetica in email. <laughs> <laughs> and Carmen, one of these days you'll have to explain to us why. But yes, that is our standard. <laughs> yeah. And so I think there's some places that it's like, no, you you don't get a say. And some there are some that like, well, they jump to the, well, that's so rigid. I don't get the freedom. That to me is like, well, that's a weird place and disappropriate place to, to turn that on. Now, am I over you saying use that font? I had a manager that when we did big presentations, because I was the best at using PowerPoint, I mean, he would, in the meeting, make that font a little bigger, put more space in between that. And those are the days you just want to pick up the keyboard and like smack someone with it because (laughs) it's like, really, this is really what's important right now. The piece around that, and, and I do think you're right, the organization has standards and an employee has to fall inside of those standards. And by the way, those standards are, yes, they're things like, you know, what systems are we using and what is acceptable in terms of things like branding. There's also another place that I think it's really important that, and maybe this comes from the leader, not the organization, but there is this thing where it's really important that somebody understands what success looks like. Like this is the acceptable outcome. And if we can hit this particular outcome or a little bit better, that's great. Okay. And if we can very clearly define for employees, this is what success looks like in this situation. How they get to that success, to me, that road that they take and the methodologies that they use, as long as it's inside of the organizational standards, I think is perfectly fine. And I think we can actually do that. And we see this in strategic planning a lot. We'll have executives who want to get down in the weeds and say, okay, this is how you have to get there. Instead of saying, hey, this is the outcome. This is the success statement that we have, you know, that we've identified for this strategic initiative. You tell me, what are all the things that we could do that will help us achieve that? And when we do that, then we have people who not only have, quote unquote, flexibility and freedom, we're actually tapping into the best of them, their brains, right? Their creativity, their ability to problem solve. And instead of just relying on my brain, let me tell you what to do, how to do it, when to do it, to actually open that up and give them that place where they're using their brains for those things. 
because honestly, that's why we hired them. We hired them because they're smart and they're capable. We didn't hire them because they were minions who were just doing my bidding. When I think about it, it's like, okay, there are probably a handful of things that the organization or leadership will decide. So mission, vision, values. Absolutely. What strategy or direction we are going as an organization. And then probably in in some cases, systems. Hey, we're going to use Salesforce or whatever, you know, HubSpot or whatever. Because those are one, investments. Right. There is important productivity gains when we're aligned. And so those are decisions that need to be made on a bigger, you know, more contextual situation because of those, you know, because of what it means for the bottom line of the organization. It's not that someone couldn't, it's just organization at least needs to say, yes, that's the standard. And then really in an ideal state from there, to me, ideally it would be, hey, anything legal goes. (laughs) (laughs) I like your caveat there. (laughs) The other side then is a leader has to then hold people accountable to achieving that. And as an individual, I have to say, yeah, I'm assuming it's reasonable and attainable and all the other stuff. I can't say, well, I just didn't get it done. Well, you know, that piece with trust comes responsibility in that space. And um, I think that's part of the equation that we oftentimes kind of don't quite get right. I, I will also tell you, I think a lot of bosses don't define success. They have it in their head, but they don't make it clear so that we are on the same page. And then someone delivers something and it doesn't rise to our definition of success. And it's because we really didn't take the time to think about it because we thought they were thinking the same thing we were thinking, which of course they never do. So we have to get really good at the success piece. We also have to then get really, really good at at saying, guys, this freedom, I want you to have it. It is the thing that makes my life better as a leader, but it makes your life better as well. And if you rise up to that and you deliver, you hit that success statement, I'm going to trust you more and more and more. And as I trust you more and more and more, there's more and more and more and more freedom that comes with that. And I think that's the the understanding as a leader. It's not an all or nothing situation. It can very much be, I'll give you this freedom. And then as you deliver, I come to trust you some more. And then I'll give you the next piece and the next piece and the next piece. And that can be everything from how you go about doing your work to who you're doing it with to timeframes to getting that done. All of that are the things where people start to feel like they're controlling their life instead of their bosses or the organization controlling them. Crucial that each then individual recognizes what they contribute and what responsibilities they have. And the leader then has to, of course, make that clear and secondarily talk about that with them. We, I see many organizations and I coach many, several people that they're, they may not be clear and or they're not doing the follow up discipline. And then they wonder why things aren't getting done. Oh, Scott, I love that. As a boss, we do have, it's like, we don't just say it and drop it. We need to come back. It's like, this is what we discussed. This is what we agreed on. 
And then we need to, as bosses, follow up. And oftentimes we don't. And then we get mad three months later because it's not done. And it's like, we haven't talked about it. We haven't held that employee accountable for that. And we haven't had this conversation about when you meet your commitments. I, as a leader, gain confidence and then am able to loosen the reins. And all employees need to understand that the freedom that I give Carmen could be very different than the freedom that I give Marlene, which is very different than the freedom that I give Michael based upon their performance. So please know it's not like, hey, you're going to, here's all of the freedom and whatever. Freedom's earned. And that wraps up this week's episode of The Leadership Line. As always, feel free to reach out to us in the emails provided in this podcast description box and be sure to check out our upcoming episodes always announced on LinkedIn. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week.